Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. Amazing facts that are complete nonsense. Our job is to try and figure out which one is which for you. My name's Dan, thanks for listening. Three things for you this week. Stuff about Friday the 13th, about a ridiculous escape plan, uh, and also how the man who invented razors was pretty out there. Here you go. If that's not reason to stick around, nothing else is. Mark is also here. Hello. This week for you, uh, why butt comfort is a thing. Also, uh, a phenomenon that we all go through. And finally, exams cancelled. The reason why, I'll explain. Mark with his usual gusto. Connor is also here. What you got for us? Um, we've got alarms for deaf people. Uh, we're going Lego bits as well. Just bits of Lego. It's a good one. And before trees existed... Find out what existed then with Connor, Mark and me. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. Stay there. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. So I met someone recently, a friend of mine, who, unbeknownst to me, listens to this podcast. Imagine such a thing. He does more than you. Uh, it's a she. Don't be so... Don't, don't gender people in, the, in, the, in this day and age. I, I said, oh, when, when do you listen? She said, oh, well, I'm in the car when I've got a long journey. Usually I alternate with this and another famous fact podcast. I said, oh, what's the difference between the two? She said, well, yours has got better music, I guess. So there you go. Great. There we go. There we go. I'll take that. I will absolutely take that. I'll take that. I think that's a, that's a compliment. That is absolutely reaching for a compliment, though, isn't it? It's like, yeah. oh, I can't say anything bad about it. Uh, it's got better music. Yeah. There we go. I, I quite like, it's like Piano Bar Chilled, isn't it, the intro music? I'm a big fan. Of course, I never listened to it. Why would I? So more facts coming your way today. I just want to get a little bit of housekeeping out of the way. Now, I mentioned this in the intros to the past two podcasts. Vim, vigor, gusto. Mark, I, I don't, like. I don't want to. I don't want to pick people apart for little things. This is not all about. But Mark, your hellos have got to improve. Sorry, <coughs> sorry. I'll, I'll, I will. I'm. I'm lacking on the coffee today. I will uh, up my gusto. I will be excited. I will be. Oh, you. Oh, I'm so excited for everything that's gonna come. You put work into the. The teasing, I can tell. I can tell you, you do that. You work on. Oh, what am I going to do to make sure these people listen? But then you start it off with, "Hello, it's me, Mark. Here's my facts." And, some, right. and sometimes as well, you know, people haven't heard your voice for a while because you kind of explains. I mean, it's minimal work for Mark. You, 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 you know, you nick minimal. a buck with that one, don't you? You oh, nick absolutely. a buck there, mate. Yeah. Easiest part of the week for me. Well, happy yeah, sits back. You should see him at Connor Explains. Sits back, relaxes, cuts his toenails, maybe has a bit of lunch. I mean, it's just a walk in the park for Mark. If you want to explain someone who's doing little work in Connor Explains... It's just a cop-out, mate. I would go back and listen to the last episode of Connor Explains if you missed it, because Connor does next to little work there. But here we go. We're all on top form. Nine facts for you before the end of the show. Dan, 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 Dan. I'm really excited. Well, go go for it. I have, I have number one. Oh, I didn't mean for me to go first. I just wanted you to know that I'm excited. The gusto is there. I'm ready for nine more. 
at least above average facts. Oh, let's just get on with it, shall we? Come on. Okay, McDonald's and Starbucks are two of the companies with big plans to get you out of their restaurants and cafes. Not in, to get you out. They will deliberately buy chairs with a low butt rating, which basically means that you can only be in there for a set amount of time before it's too uncomfortable and you want to leave. Mm. So here's, here's, here's how I'm feeling about this. At the start, it's like, my word, what is going on here? But it reminded me of the excellent Connor Explains where we did Supermarket Secrets. Mm. And like the fact that something's called a butt rating is pretty brilliant. Do you know what the rating of... Do you know like the scale on, on the butt rating? Do you know what it goes to? Yeah, it goes from at the bottom end, bed of nails. At the top end, your grandma's sofa. Like that's the... That's the rating right there. And don't you saw don't sass me. The fact that there's a bit, bit uh, a butt rating means that they need, there needs to be a scale. If they've got a score on it, what's the top? What's the top score? Well, yeah, it's, it's like a 0 to 100 scale. It's not that exciting. The scale itself isn't exciting, but the butt rating, that's the exciting bit. Scales chat done. This is, I mean, here we are ripping apart the scales of your bum comfort. But this is the same concept in in clubs. You know, like I've DJ clubs before, and sometimes well, they put the owners- you on to force people out. but they'll come over and be like if you're playing really good tunes everyone's dancing on the dance floor they'll ask you to play a track that isn't as good to push people away from the dance floor and encourage them to go to the bars sometimes they'll adjust the lighting as well to light up certain areas dim certain areas to encourage people to go to the bars certain parts of the night that's why usually you'll see if you're in a club a lot of people go to the bar at the same kind of time uh, that's very interesting, actually. I had no thought and I had no clue and that annoys me because it seems so obvious. I can't believe that you're not more exciting at the butt rating. Like, what is the scale? Also, who judges it? Like, how do they... Who's... You know what? I'm going to test out this seat and it scores a one on the buttometer. This scores a 100 on it because I'm nice, soft, I want to be here I imagine it's, that... It's, you know, they're... lean back, reclining cinema scales. Like, I imagine that this? there is science that goes into it. There is probably oh. science and there is someone, Connor's favourite person, who has probably spent time to develop the butt rating, which is all to do with padding times by the curvature, times by the size of the space between your knee and the floor and all of this. And I can imagine yeah. that Connor hates that person. Yeah, give a shit. It's, it's pretty universal, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It, it's pretty universal. It's uncomfortable for most people. Yeah, but I that's mean, the it... point, mate. No, that's the point. How can you... Well, that's what's fascinating. How can you... You, you, you know, meter and score something that's so beautifully subjective to each person. Like some people love something, some people don't love something. And you sit in it and you know, as, as you just described, you know, don't you? You sit down and you go, ah, like how can you grade that feeling? That's what's amazing. That's what's fascinating here. But the thing is, I think also it has to be, but it has to build in as well that it might be comfortable. You might sit down and go, oh, that's quite nice. But then after 15 minutes, you're going, you know what? I need to get up off here. I can't sit down anymore. Like, like it's butt racing over time as well. Might start oh, off sake. as like a, as like a ninety-four. Might after ten minutes suddenly be a twenty-five, and you want to be like, mm. come on, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. Sitting on a comfortable beanbag is obviously loads more comfortable, isn't it? Just universally than sitting on concrete with spikes going in your bum. Like, this well, isn't yeah. this isn't this isn't like no, really no, no. difficult. No, no, no. It's in that's fine. But it's what makes you know a comfy beanbag different from a com- comfy chair like what's the score between them who's deciding that sliding scale who's scaling it do, do, that, like that, why do we exactly, need scales exactly. call it a, exactly, so, mate. there are so many admin 
idiots out there that need to scowl and, 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 and work it out. It's like, well, mate, it's obvious, isn't it? A cushion's more comfortable than concrete. Call it a day. I tell you, I tell you what, sometimes your lack of curiosity absolutely astounds me. Like, absolutely it's not like, astounds me. Yeah, it's not like we're saying here that... Uh, like that clearly that clearly there's a huge difference between zero on a butt rating scale and a hundred on a butt rating scale, right? But it's more about the intricacies of the difference between a thirty-three and a forty. There you go. So that's that's, that's the intricacy that a butt rating helps with. Obviously, a cushion is more comfy than a slab of concrete with a nail in it. Obviously. Just but, admin but that cushion compared to the other cushion or compared to that padded chair. What's the butt rating there? Oh, please tell me more. Nom, 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 nom. I want there, all of that knowledge. There is, there is so much more to be concerned about in the world than somebody creating admin for the butt rating comfort scale. Call it a day, mate. Use your f***ing noggin and you obviously know what's more comfortable. Cushions. You know, and then the harder the cushion, the less comfortable. Call it a day, mate. How, how is somebody nicking a salary for this? Okay, here's a question then. If you're going to buy a chair and you want to know how comfortable it is before you've bought it, and you're buying it online, you're buying it wholesale. Yeah. Nah, it doesn't matter, how, mate. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You've got, got bigger you know? problems in the world to deal with. So you're telling you you me... Know? You'd look at the butt rating and you'd go, oh, that's a 42. Yeah, that's about right. We'll go for a 42. So there's a butt rating scale on a DFS website, yeah? No, it isn't. You know, you know this is bullshit. You know this is nonsense, right? If you're buying a chair online and not even tried it, then you've got more money than sense. Most people would have a little have a little wiggle about the average this Joe. This is why there's this. This is why there's the scale because you oh, can think. You know what? I love. You can think. I love my Nan's sofa. I want something exactly the same as that. What score is it? Bam! I'm looking there. I think pe- people are smart enough to be concerned about that and about climate change. Like there's there's not a, a tiny amount of room in. I don't know. I don't know. I've, can we please just not open the can up for more Facebook posts from Karens and Julies that are like, oh, I went on the DFS sale the other day. There's no butt rating scales. So I don't know what to buy. Just call but, it a but day, I think mate. This, this isn't necessarily for like. I think this is where you're struggling here. It's not necessarily for you because you would go and try a sofa. This is for like a McDonald's, for a Starbucks who want chairs that are comfy enough for you to sit on, but not comfy enough for you to stick around for a long time. They're buying a heap of chairs at one point. They're not just going, oh, I wonder what sofa would look good in my living room. Mate, you don't need butt rating scales. You're eating at McDonald's. The f***ing meal is cold within five minutes of purchase. You're going to eat it within five minutes and move on. You're not going to be sitting there, you know, delicately trying every flavour of beef like this is really well cooked. It's fast food. It's in the title. Seriously. I didn't realise this was getting so riled up. That is... The idea that there's a butt scale is genuinely one of the most interesting things I've, I've, I've learned doing this for a long old time. I'm a big fan over that. Connor, give us your first fact of the show. There is a smoke alarm for the deaf. Did you know that? Well, Well, I didn't. I mean, I would have guessed. Otherwise, I assume it's a light. You know, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I would assume it was a light too. But here it is. Invented by a team of Japanese scientists and engineers, this life-saving device works by spraying vaporised wasabi into the air. That's right, wasabi, vaporised, which notifies deaf people of a fire. It will even wake them up if they're sleeping. This invention won... Yeah, probably because it burned Uh, your eyes. uh, 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 uh. This invention won one of the IG Nobel Prizes in 2011, so quite recently as well, a spoof of the Nobel Prizes for inventions that first make people laugh and then make them think. I like that. 
so this is only in Japan. Like this isn't. You know, if I go in Norfolk in the UK, they're not spraying wasabi in the poor old deer's face, are they? Yeah, mate, it's, it's not universal. You're not going in B&Q going, Anna, mate, you've got one of those wasabi smoke alarms. Like, I don't think they're stocking it as like a main seller. But, yeah. And doesn't it work? Wasabi's a pretty strong smell. You're smelling that. You, you, you know, you're getting out. Unless you've got COVID and your sense of smell's gone as well, then, yeah, it's bad news. I mean, at that point, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, well, that's why they've picked it, isn't it? To wake people up. They, they want that instant hit of sour smell that wasabi gives you the bitterness surely it would like burn your eyes though vaporize wasabi in the air too right there's a god forsaken fire outside your bedroom door i don't care if it's splitting my skin in half it's telling you to get out you're deaf you can't hear it you need to be told quick if it's going to burn your eyes and you action it then get out the window get gone i wonder if there's a scale for how how much something burns your eyes can we please not start making scowls? Give Mark, honestly, there'll be a Google Doc and scowl soon and he'll start incorporating like it into somehow. I, tell you, I would like to know more about that. Be well excited. Yeah. Right, first fact of the show. Uh, any idea what Paraskevi de... Any... Here we go. Here we go. Para... Any, <laughs> any idea what Paraskevi de... Catriophobia means? Mate, why are you like? Why are you even doing it? It's taking you three attempts to say it. It's obviously a load of shit, isn't it? Like Paris seriously, decatriophobia. <laughs> Connor has n- you. You have no yeah, I'm today. sick of it. Like what he's, is he's this? Sal- he's salty like his wasabi, isn't he? Connor, do you know what Paraskevi decatriophobia means? No, mate. It's probably like you know you got your burger well done with like a bit of cheese on it, and it's a fancy word someone's used for it. <laughs> it's fear of the. It's fear of Friday the 13th. What's up with you? Don't do a fat podcast if you don't care about the facts. Why do we need a word that is that long for the fear of Friday the 13th? Look, I'm here to learn. I mean, it is is quicker to say I have a fear of Friday the 13th and I have... Which also, by the way, means a fear of Friday the 13th. So, like, you're you're not saving any time. Out of all my friends, Dan, I would probably put you, and this is blowing your own trumpet, in the top 5% of intelligent friends. I feel like you've got good knowledge on things. Whenever you speak, you speak intelligently. You're a well-spoken guy, educated well. It's taken you three attempts to say that word. Would you or would you not say it's just completely pointless? Paraskevi decatriophobia. There you go. You should say another run up. I hadn't practiced it. Anyway, listen. Friday the 13th, it's filled the Friday the 13th. It's thought that the Friday the 13th, the myth of it being unlucky, originated with a Norse myth. Twelve gods were having a dinner party in Valhalla. Loki, you know, Loki off of Marvel, he mm. showed up as the uninvited 13th guest with a plot to murder another god, Balder. But because of that, ever since then, ever since Norse times, just because he was the 13th member, 13 is unlucky, and Friday the 13th is now the unluckiest date. Now, did you know, because of the calendar that we're at, the Gregorian calendar, apparently it's more likely than most dates, it's more likely that a 13th falls on a Friday than other dates. I don't know why, but it is. So there you go. Any, any questions, please, team? I've no, got the mate. answers for you. No, to be honest with you, you've given me a long word that is, in my opinion, pointless, and giving me a brief breakdown of Friday the 13th and what it means in the Gregorian calendar. I think I've got everything I need. Thank you, though. Appreciate it. 
He's very, very salty today, isn't he? Mate, but is your you chair uncomfy? Is it low on the butt rating? Is that the issue? Do you know what, you know what we need to do? Then we need to start being a bit more honest here. Okay, this is a safe space. Dan, honestly, do you think this is necessary to have a word like that? Honestly. Uh, for me, no. Probably is for science. But again, I would, you know, don't, don't let the word drag down the fact. That was just an interesting word. The fact is about the origins of Friday the 13th. That is interesting. It, it comes from a Norse myth. That's what I'm, I'm going for here. That is interesting. But again, again, I'm really starting to hate science because you've just I said mean, there again that this word is for science. I mean, they need to call it a day. I can I be mean, a scientist. I'd argue a lot. Yeah, not, not the only reason. If you, were, you don't seem to agree with the world of science. I think you would, like, you could, be there a day. Just yourself could not allow yourself. Okay, oh, question for you. Scientist. Well, scientist. No, here's here's yes. what would happen. Well, what made the world? Where did the world cover? It doesn't matter, mate, does it? It's here. It doesn't really matter, do does you, it? Do you, you think... Have, like, you have zero curiosity. Oh, no. <laughs> you were just happy that, living in your own little corner bubble and anything no, outside of do it. you know what? I don't care, mate. I want to shut you doesn't right up me. there. I have got me, so care. much curiosity. I have so much Could curiosity. Could you show it once in a while? That'd be and nice. I, uh, and I've got curiosity in everything, but I'm not curious about bullshit words. And this is my point here. I've got so much curiosity. It really fascinates me, the world. But scientists make it so hard with the words they use for any normal person to get a slight slither of understanding of what they're trying to find out. That's my point. Fair point. Even BBC Bite Size can't do it, and that's made for nine-year-olds. Like, I'm still confused. <sighs> Mark, give us your second fact of the show. In 1988, 53 million Soviet students had their history test cancelled because the government concluded that what they'd been taught was all lies. Okay. I'd like to be there God. in a meeting where they suddenly decide that it's all lies. Yeah, yeah. So is this? The, I'm intrigued to know whether it's been taught wrong or they've realised that history's fake. That's... So basically, so 1988 was sort of the was the start of the end of the Soviet era. So the government was starting to peel back all the false narratives around Stalin and what the Soviet Union had done. And they realised that all the kids that had been taught their history had basically been taught fantasies and cover-ups of everything that had happened through history to make past Soviet governments seem so much better than they were. So a decision was made to end, and this is a quote, the passing of lies from generation to generation. So in 1988, they cancelled the history exam because they went, there's no point you doing an exam on it. None of it happened. None of it's real. We all made it up. Don't do an exam. It's Connor's perfect day at school, that, isn't it? That's kind of what yeah. Connor would imagine when he turns up at a science exam. That's nah, not real, mate. It's all made up. It's all a cop out. I'm just going to write a singularity down for every answer. It's fine. I don't want any of this back in the day nonsense, do I? Question one. What does Paraskevi Decatriophobia mean? Connor. Something about Friday the 13th. Half a point. Half a point. I'm getting half a point. I couldn't get a full point. couldn't get the full point for remembering the fear of it. It's got phobia in the title. Yeah. Yeah, love it. I would love to know what they were taught as well. I'd love to to know, like, uh, how much Russia was in the... The centre of everything. Russia invented the world. Russia won the every world war going. I'd love to know all of that. Big fan. Connor, what are you thinking? Just digesting, really. I've, I've, a lot's happened this episode. Um, I'm just I'm just taking it all in. You know, you have to have a minute. You have to allow the heart rate to just settle down before you end up. Yeah, that's what's happening probably, right now. Probably best to not do that when we're in the middle of a fact. Like, let's have a pause before or after the fact. So. <laughs> That's yeah. the middle, guys. I'll be honest. I just, I just, I, I just need a minute. I've, I've, I've got so hyped up on all these facts so far. Just give me a minute. I think, 
I think this fact has led me to it. But yeah, no. cheers, Mark. Yeah, I think the the fifteen minute long chat about butt ratings at the stars has worn has worn you down. Yeah. Pick yourself up. It's time for your second fact of the show. In 1997, a cargo ship lost 4.8 million bits of Lego in a storm. And they are still washing up on the beaches of the UK today. This is yeah, like the rubber duck fan. Me had, isn't it? Where they started it is, washing it up is. on shores as well. I mean, it I, is. I, I enjoy it. The fact that it's just like, oh, where is this bit of Lego? Hold on a minute. How, how do they know it's theirs, though? Hold on. So the container ship is called the Tokyo Express. It was taking loads of cargo across stormy seas. On February the 13th, could have been a Friday, Dan, Probably in 1997. Can somebody find that out? It could have been Friday the 13th. Oh, we never know. Uh, and there, a rogue wave crashed over the decks and caused some of the cargo to become loose and wash overboard. Uh, one such container had a massive shipment of Lego in it. It had octopuses, dragons, flippers and flowers. These pieces are often found in the beaches of Cornwall. So if you've been there and found a bit of Lego, it could be you in the UK. Whenever there's a particularly bad storm and the sea's quite rough, it does tend to wash up on the beaches. So it was 97 or 98? February the 13th, 1997. Oh, oh so close. But yeah, so if you're in Cornwall... Or you visit Cornwall and you've ever found maybe a octopus dragon flipper flower type thing, Lego related, and it's just laying on the beach. You never know. Could have found part of this cargo ship that, that lost some stock. You could have done, or you could have just found some Lego that kids left behind. Well, could have done. Yeah, this is the thing. Yeah, of course. Like, I understand. The, the, I can't imagine that each individual bit of Lego is serial numbered. And even if it is, there's no way people are being that asked to do that. No. Uh, no. But yeah, the f- four, did you say 4.8 million bits of Lego? 4.8 million, yes, Lego bits got lost at Storm. That's a lot of Lego. It's a lot of Lego, 4.8 million. But also as well, it's quite sad, isn't it? Think Imagine about all the sea creatures. Imagine how much that's worth. Lego is so expensive nowadays. Imagine how Imagine much 4.8 million cr- bits of Lego is worth. Yeah, and they may have eaten it, you know, and not known. I w- sad. I was, I was never so much into the Lego, you know. Lego was never my, my, my toy of choice. I was more of a Connects person. Do you remember Connects? I was Playmobil through and through. Love that, that was a, That was a simple one, wasn't it? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. You, yeah, Mark, you, were, into the simple, you were into the sim- simple Playmobil. Connor was into Mark's the there. super science, the engineering Connects. Uh, Everything makes sense now. Everything makes sense. Mark's there building Lego with a Google Doc, writing down every single f- piece on his well, dock of what You've he's got to used document every used. single piece you have to know how to use it most efficiently. It's not a tricky oh. system, Connor. Yeah, Ma- Mark's favourite part of the toy was always the instruction manual. Oh, absolutely. Connor, to be fair, though, uh, Playmobil, that must be what inspired your haircut. Ha, ha, ha. I've often thought oh. I've often There thought we go. That. There we go. Best Wonderful. The I like that. Well done. I'll give you that one. It's becoming one of those shows, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Right, it's time for my second fact of the show. I want to tell you all about Albert Spaghiari. Okay, right now Who? I'm completely hooked in. Albert what? Spaghiari, Mark. Why are you hooked Spaghiari? on that? Why is that because the thing that makes you hooked? Because I'll tell you now, Albert Spaghiari sounds like an absolute legend and I want to know why. Dan, tell me more. He was a bank robber. Uh, he was on trial in France and he made a fictitious coded document which he claimed as evidence. So while he was there... Uh, Mr. Spaghiari, Monsieur, do you have any evidence to plead your case? And he goes, aha, Monsieur, here is a coded document. It will take everything. When the judge said, oh, okay, let me have a look at that. When he was being distracted by the document, Albert Spaghiari jumped out of the window, landed in a car, 
escaped on a motorbike, and he's never been seen since. Big now, this play. Isn't fa- Big play. This is, in fact, akin to, you know, Friday the 13th stuff. Fact, in the loosest possible terms of it. But I like a little story every now and then. I like the fact that this guy distracted the judge, then legged it on a motorbike, jumped out the window, proper, like... Proper bank robber stuff, proper French bank robber stuff as well. And he was the fact he was never seen again. Right. Two things here, in in my opinion. I love I love the fact. I really do love the fact. It's a great fact. I enjoy these facts. But do you know the only reason I'm underwhelmed? Because with the surname Spaghiari, I expected something so much more, you know? Spaghiari. I don't know. So maybe something to relate to pasta, something mental. Do you know what I mean? You heard spag and just immediately thought spag bowl, didn't you? That's what happened. I did. And as soon as there was no tomato sauce or pasta involved, you went, I'm out, mate. Yeah. But it's a great fact. It's a great fact at the same time as well. Reports claimed that the the owner of the car, which uh, Spaghiari landed on top of, got a 5,000 franc check in the mail. For the damage. From an unknown source. Unknown source. Ooh. I feel like if I was a little bit pyro in, in the world, this would be a case that I would like to take on. Probably employ Mark for the admin side, and we could we could approach this really well. Is it going to go as well, well as like your to... wanton case from back at the start of Baffled, which, by the way, still has made no progress from when you said, still I'll open. take that still on. Still an open case. Like a year I've and a half made... ago. I've made calls. I'm just not very good at the admin side, so I can't remember the calls I made, but we've tried. This article I'm reading it from starts with... Here's what left the French police baffled. So there you go. Oh, it's it made for us. It's, it's good for the thing. Yeah. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you've not heard uh, Connor Explains from last week, by the way, uh, make sure you get on it. Connor doesn't so much as explain as walks himself into a little black hole of mind shenanigans that he's struggling to get out of. I think maybe that's why he's a little bit a little bit on a low ebb today, just because he just he can't get out of the idea of a singularity. Look, he won't explain it to you, but you might have some fun trying to get your head around it. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts from that. If you've got anything that you would like Connor to explain to you this Friday, you can get in touch info at baffledpod.com. Send all your business that way if you want a badge as well. And it's also at baffledpod on Instagram and TikTok. Last fact of the show, last round. Mark, what you got? So you know that feeling when you're falling asleep and then suddenly you jolt because you think you're falling? Yeah, I do. So that is called a hypnic jerk, according to scientists. And basically, it's because your your brain gets really confused and goes, all your muscles are relaxing, you must be falling. So it's your brain getting confused about where you are and what you're doing. That's why you suddenly jerk and uh, and wake up because your brain genuinely thinks you are falling in that instance. Isn't there a little bit of blood pressure stuff in that I read once? Poten- potentially as well. But it's it's, it's more to do. So because your muscles are relaxing, that's where your brain goes. Muscles relaxing must be falling. Enter anti-fall stage. So you go and you wake yourself up. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I I read it was that that similar. And also your blood pressure is dropping. So it's kind of your brain going, Christ, keep you alive. Let's wake up. Uh, Connor, I know that you seem enamored by this science fact. What, What are you thinking? No, I really, I really like it. It just makes me laugh when, when you and Mark talk about things and one of you goes, oh, yeah, I remember, remember we were reading this once. Wasn't there this? Wasn't there that? And I'm sitting here like, I've just heard about this. Where, where have you ever read about this before? It's just, it's great. Yeah, you, you pick things up. You have to be open. You have to be curious with your life there. I like, I like this though, Mark. It answers a lot. Because I, 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 am, I am a jolter. Um, I do fall asleep and, and, you know, my girlfriend does it all the time. It's literally so irritating. She always falls asleep before me, always. So I might be like having a game of FIFA or watching something and she's just <laughs> quickly, quickly jolts. So you, it, an- it answers. Yeah, I, I play FIFA all the time with her. And f- yeah, just let her crack on. She's, you know, give her some Love Island or whatever to catch up on. And uh, and yeah, I have a game of FIFA and she jolts, but it answers the jolts now. Not that she's just a moron. Yeah, it's called a hypnic jerk. Of course it's called a hypnic jerk. Of course it's a quite, you know, complex word and, and scientists found it out, you know. I mean, it's not that tricky of a word. One hypnic. 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 What would you call what, it? Jerk. Okay. There we go. But there's many we'll just get rid of the science word, just call it a jerk. Yeah. But you, I, can I, can there are many I, different I, types of jerks. How would you differentiate this jerk from okay, any other right. jerks? No, more so on, yeah, I mean, it's a good question, but what, what, what my thing is here, maybe you can help me both, both, because we talk about science a lot of what we do, facts-wise, will be like, this scientist found this out, or these scientists found this out. Do you think there's like a Mark Heads in the world of science that runs an admin board where they've got all of these ridiculous names and then they think of the thing and they go, right, we need a name for it. We'll put that one with that. It works. Where do the names come from? Where's Hypnic well, come from? Hypnic. Well, hip, well, hypnos is to do with sleep. Uh, yeah, was, the, was it the Greek god of sleep or the Greek personification of sleep? So that's where that comes from. So all of the, like most science word comes from 
normally ancient Greek or I guess at a push ancient Roman yeah or just uh, breakdowns of that Latin word. language essentially mm. so I don't think it's just a case of quick give me some random syllables and I'll bash them together into a word like they'll all have a meaning hypnosis Connor to do with sleep hypnosis therefore Oh, Hypnic. now it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, see, I need to expand my mind sometimes, and it'll make sense mm. to me before I slag it off. Don't I just agree. close it down immediately. Find out why. Discover. Be curious, Connor. Cheers, Here's what's funny. I um, I just, I've just quickly googled hypnos, um, and on the Wikipedia page, under the picture on the right, it says abode, <laughs> underworld. I like the fact that Greek nice. persons have abodes, and it's the underworld. I'm a big fan like of that. that. Where they live could be Hackney, could be Manchester. That's nah, the underworld, mate. And, and anyone else, anyone else that's sitting listening doesn't understand that joke. You're not the only one. So, yeah. <laughs> not li- it's literally not a joke. Connor, what's your last fact of the show? Before trees existed, Earth was covered with giant white mushrooms. What? How, when? How, how long ago was this? So, a long time ago. We're going. We're going way back before trees. And when I quickly find that question out, I didn't research that. <laughs> where, where, what, what, how long ago was it that trees didn't exist? Oh, you know, it was ages. It was before trees, mate. Before those. Uh, I, 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 I forgot we were using the common, uh, the common timekeeping device of trees. Here we go. So it's between 420 million and 350 million years ago. Wow. What were these mushrooms like? So they were huge fungi. They were 24 feet tall and three feet wide and covered most of Earth's surfaces before trees even existed. Have a little Google. I'd like to encourage you to do that. It's great to see. It's exactly how you expect it to be. Great big mushroom. 24 foot high. 24 foot high and you are talking three feet wide. Mushrooms. That's massive. And that just the world is covered in these mushrooms. Then people yeah, so realised they were quite tasty. Although I hate, so I hate mushrooms. As, as much science that you call bullshit Mm. And you're fine to chill out with the idea that like huge towers of mushrooms covered the world at one point. Oh yeah, I believe it all. Yeah, it was actually a chemical analysis, uh, and that showed that the 20 foot tall, six meter organism with a tree like trunk was a fungus. Uh, yeah, known as obviously it's a word that's so hard to pronounce because it's science. It's known as a prototaxiax because. That's a word that's not been used. Uh, a giant fungus originally was thought. A, a giant fungus originally was thought to be called a conifer, which I thought was a plant. It's a tree. Tree. There we go. It's a plant. It's a big plant. Tree's a big plant, isn't it? Trees are a big plant. There we go. Heard it here first. <laughs> you like that one though? Twenty foot, foot twenty foot tall mushrooms, yeah. three feet wide. I, 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 I am I, with Dan though. The stuff that you open your mind to, and the stuff that you shut off immediately as being absolute bullshit. I, there, there is no logic between it. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I just there's things that sometimes Connor's mind looks at and goes, "Wow!" And a twenty foot tall mushroom creates such a great mind for me, as opposed to a black hole that's called a singularity. You know, listen to the Connor explains it's just happened for more. But mm, yeah, that's how I work. Last fact of the show: you know Gillette. Gillette the razor. Company. Indeed. The best a man can get. There you go. So King Gillette was the inventor of the safety razor. That's his name. Such King a Gillette. nerd. Such a nerd sometimes. What, knowing the slogan for a really oh. famous company. Oh. Such a nerdy oh, little so comment. Nerdy. <laughs> Gillette. Best a man can get. Oh, it's terrible. That's not nerdy to remember a... If anything, a, that's just good on Gillette for doing marketing. Well done. I remembered your slogan. Such a nerdy explanation as well. First off... Uh, his name's King Gillette, which is great in itself. 
But mm. he um, he didn't just invent razors. He also had the idea of how the world would be in the future, that it would live in a single colony powered by the Niagara Falls. Only one in seven people would work and it would be free of money and therefore free of crime. Wouldn't be Connor, would it, the one in seven? Let's be honest. No. But then again, you know what I mean? Uh, if you don't have to work, why, why would yeah, you? you know, if, if I'm living in a utopian metropolis powered by a waterfall, yeah. you know, surrounded by razors, I'm, I'm pretty chilled with that. I'm not working myself. Be a well-groomed bunch. Be a very well-groomed bunch. This is standard ninth fact of the show fair. Yeah, I, I think I actually like do. this fact. I think it's a great fact. I think there's an approach that we need to take going forward for not only us, but everybody. When you've got your three facts, think about what one is realistically the shittest. So, good example, Mark's road fact. Push it to the back, and that can be the last delivery, you know, because sometimes there's not much to say. Because that's the but way the to good get people ones, to stay listening. The good ones, such as, you know, toothpaste on a toothbrush is called Nerdle. They're the ones to capture straight off. That's it, guys. Stay, st- Stick around for the rest of the podcast, because the facts get progressively worse. Absolutely. Well, Mark, when you, did, when, you, when, Mark when you delivered a fact about road wits, I think you were the... The headline boy for that, to be honest, mate. It's never about the width of the road, mate. It's about the length of the road. Come on, Gabe. Right? Well, there we go. Do you know what I mean? No, no one cares about road widths, mate, but road lengths. That is it for this week's episode of Baffled. It's been a, I think a, a, a busy one full of a multitude of different ranging facts. If you're falling asleep and you suddenly are awake, maybe you're suffering from a hypnic jerk, or that just might be the bloke next to you. Also, um, paraskevi decatriophobia. Just wanted to point out that I can say that. And... We will find out what scores the 34 on the butt rating. They're honestly, one of the best things I've ever heard. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. See you later. Info at baffledpod.com. Send all your stuff there. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.